Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Sorry, folks. Park's closed. The moose out front should have told you. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, June 30, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Interview on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hi, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 529 of the Biden-Harris administration, 127 days until the 22 midterms. I'm on Instagram, the Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, Patreon, bobseskashow.com. More on that in a second. How the hell is the end of June here already? Okay, so I'm taking a short break from the show. Short breather. This week, next week. But don't sweat it. I'm going to be back with all new shows from July 12 on through the goddamn holidays. How about that? So to fill the gap, we're playing some of my favorite interviews from the past year or so. Today we're going all the way back to June of last year when I last spoke with my favorite stand-up comic, the great Jen Kirkman. Patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman to support her amazing work. Meantime, if you like what you hear today, please help support this show by subscribing to our bonus content at patreon.com slash Show. You know the most stressful thing in the world? Credit card debt. I swear to God, I used to wake up in the middle of the night when I had a ton of credit card debt back during the Great Recession. I'd wake up and I'd be stressed out. I'd be doing the math in my head. How the hell am I going to pay off all of this debt? How am I going to get rid of all of it? What makes it all worse is I was paying the top allowable interest rate on that debt. But I've got a solution for you where you don't have to pay that top rate. You can refinance your cards into a super low interest rate and save a ton of money with Lightstream. You can roll your cards into one low payment at a fixed rate as low as 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. You can get a loan from five grand to a hundred grand and there are absolutely no fees. And just for my listeners, you can apply now and get a special interest rate discount to save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Seska. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash C-E-S-C-A. Link in the description, of course. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Seska for more info. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bob Seska. All-time favorites all day long. You know, of course, I'm I've got a headache today, and I'm going, ah. you know, it's like that oh, weird feel. That, but I don't know. I mean, is it? Have you checked off all the obvious boxes? Dehydration, caffeine withdrawal. Are you drinking any electrolyte oh, water? I'm fairly certain it has to do with either the air conditioning that we have on or just the pollen count right now. It's, oh, yeah, it's one sure. of those two things. But of course, you know, in the back of my head is still going. Oh my God! Well, what if Bob? But that you know, that I think that's part of the process of reacclimating. I mean, you're doing such a nice job though of reintegrating back into the world. I mean, you're kind of doing it with gusto, right? Yeah. Well, it's funny. I should be more like you, and I should once in a while go, "Hey, you know, just it is possible to still have a breakthrough case of it." But but I think what you're maybe experiencing is what I'm noticing a lot of people are, mm-hmm. which is a lot of people are just coming down with common colds and things yeah. like that because. You know, we haven't been used to being around other germs for a while, so right. I think we're going to see a big uptick in summer colds. Oh, fun. You know, don't I can't quote wait. me. I'm just a comedian. I'm not a Dr. Fauci. But but I have been, you know, it's interesting because mm-hmm. I, y- you don't know what you don't know about yourself until you go through something. And mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I was very, I'm not even going to say paranoid. There was a deadly airborne virus. <laughs> I was right. You know, yeah. People were breathing poison. Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, rightfully uh, not taking any chances mm-hmm. and masked up. Didn't I wasn't one of those people that still did stuff and did it with a mask. Like, I didn't go to out... You know, California was open a lot. I didn't go to outdoor restaurants. I didn't go to friends' houses. I didn't do any of that. And yeah, so, me neither. Yeah, and once I was vaccinated, I... It, it honestly wasn't even... I didn't feel like a choice or, or anything that I thought too much about. It was just... You know, one day I looked back, I go, wow, I must really trust this vaccine as I should. But it was like, I just got right back out there. The first thing I did was book a trip to see my family Mm -hmm. back in Massachusetts. And um, we're all vaccinated and had been for weeks. And we all went and stayed in the same house at my sister's house. And, you know, none of us felt nervous about it. I felt fine about the plane. I mean, again, I'm vaccinated. I have a mask on. It's very hard to catch it if you're vaccinated and again Mm -hmm. they say even if you did it you still maybe can't even pass it that's what i'm a little unsure of so if i catch it 
I really can't transmit it to someone who even isn't vaccinated. That's what I don't really totally get. But uh, Yeah, I, it seems like you would be able to transmit it to someone else, but I, I don't know. I remember maybe a month ago or something like that, there was some guidance at the CDC website along those lines, and then they withdrew it. Am I thinking, am I merging two things into one year? Well, you know, when I went to visit my family, it was a couple of weeks after like the spring break season, and mm. I, I bought the, t- ironically, I bought the tickets to see my family way Way back in December of last year, I bought the tickets for April because that's when my mom's birthday is. And the tickets were so cheap. And I thought, well, if I just buy them now for April um, and no one needs this detail, but I am weird and like to give details because I know someone's (laughs) listening going, but you were just going to like let two plane tickets go if you couldn't right. go. I mean, that's that's a waste of money. But I have, <laughs> it's with JetBlue and they let you put it right back into your travel bank to use for another time. So. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so put these flights on hold, as I call it. And I mir- miraculously got vaccinated earlier. I didn't do anything nefarious. I waited in a very rich neighborhood where people weren't getting vaccinated. <laughs> Smart. And, and I got uh, the Pfizer um, which was my first choice. It's like a college. Like, well, my safety school is um, Moderna, but I wanted the Pfizer, and I got in. I know, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about, man. I was, I was dead set on Johnson and Johnson, and then when that, as soon as I, did, it came time for me to sign up to get vaccinated, that's when it was pulled. So I was like, well, I guess the universe doesn't want me to have Johnson and Johnson for some reason. So uh, I settled for my second choice, which was Pfizer. Yeah, thank you. So anyway, back, so the CDC. I remember thinking, you know they're kind of saying don't go flying around. And I mm. thought I I have been the whole time a stickler of obeying the CDC rules. And so I thought maybe I won't go back and see my family. And then they said it wasn't really the CDC, but it was some epidemiologist. Well, I guess it was them. They said, yeah, if if you're on a plane and you're vaccinated and you're going home to see vaccinated people, even if you somehow came in contact with it or got it, it's like a 0% chance you can transmit it to another vaccinated person. I see. Okay. And and at that point, my mom said, look, um, this is a safe risk. And, you know, my parents go to this casino called Foxwoods in Connecticut. <laughs> Connecticut. She's like, we're going to Foxwoods the week before you come home. So, you know, you could kill me. I could kill you. You know, at this point, we have to start living our lives. Uh, by the way, I have to come back to your parents when you're done telling this story. Sure, so, sure. So please. Well, that was it. So I felt pretty safe that by the time I boarded that plane, the CDC had said, mm-hmm. if you're vaccinated and going to see other vaccinated people, the risk if you catch it and give it to them, it's just almost nothing. Yeah. Um, and so I felt safe. And then, yeah, they may have walked back some stuff, but at this point I feel like I, I listened to a couple of podcasts that are hosted by epidemiologists and mm-hmm. I learned something interesting that the academic world of epidemiology, they, they can sort of say more stuff than the CDC can because, you know, the CDC is trying to wrangle a nation of idiots. Oh, and yeah, so absolutely. I don't think they can admit quite how miraculous <laughs> and effective these vaccines are, mm-hmm. you know? And these yep. epidemiologists were like, you could literally, you know, make out with someone with COVID. You're not getting, I mean, they didn't say that, but, you know, it's, <laughs> they're pretty effective, like almost beyond anyone's wildest dreams. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I sort of really just have this, it's just sort of a, well, it's not a feeling, it's a fact, but I really do think that when the CDC pulls back on stuff, I I sometimes think it's less based on science and more on like, oh, we got to 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a matter of uh, it's I want to say politics, but it's not like the capital P politics. It's more like what can we get away with saying that people won't blow out of proportion and get entirely wrong? How can we safely recommend things without it being completely blown out of the water by someone, you know, misperceiving it or taking advantage of it, et cetera? So they have a very, yeah, like a fine line to walk. It's very unenviable, I think. Yeah, totally. And well, anyway, so back to what you had originally asked me. I have been going for it with gusto. I mean, honestly, it's I learned a lot during the pandemic about uh, I don't know how to put it. I don't know if you can relate to this, but I know you and I both we have our podcasts and we do a million different things Mm -hmm. and we're very self-sufficient and we do our own promo and our own this and our own that. So I've got a bunch of little jobs. And if I wanted to, I could stay home and work. 10 hours a day, every day, and never see people, you yeah. know? And I sometimes can get fooled into thinking that it's not a workaholic thing where I have ambition. It's just, I'm, I like to be, I'm a busy bee. I like to be busy. Mm-hmm. And there are times when I would get so fooled by having something to do. I used to live this kind of black and white way. So let's say um, I've got a podcast that I need to record and I, you know, I want to, write it out first and do this. Well, I think, well, I have to get all my work done and clear off my plate so that there's nothing on my to-do list and then I can go out and see friends. But that moment never comes because you can always add more things to your to-do list. And Is that like I a reward to- kind of thing? Like you want to reward yourself by going out with your friends, but first you have to get your work done in order to earn the reward, right? Less of an earning thing and more of like an OCD thing. Like, oh. I don't know if you relate to this, but sometimes if I have to be somewhere, even if I know I have to leave right now to get mm-hmm. there on time, I'm like, I got to make my bed and empty the dishwasher because I just want everything done. <laughs> like I just want everything done yeah. so that when I, you know, it's like that, it's a weird like neurotic tick that is not good time management. And so it was like, I can do some work in the morning and then schedule a happy hour with friends and then come back home. You know, it's like, I always think it has to be all or nothing. I'm either working or I'm out and about and on vacation. And I realized during the pandemic, I can sort of live every day as though there's leisure time every day and work time every day, you know, right, right. which, which I kind of prefer because I don't know. I, I don't really like taking entire weeks off or days off for vacation because I'm always like, oh, <laughs> the work's piling up. So anyway, yeah. w- w- what I mean by going for it is probably boring to some people. And most people have been doing what I've been doing the whole time during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm going to outdoor cafes. I'm having happy hour. I put my work down. I leave it. it it'll get done later. And uh, for me, it's like, but, you know, I've already gone to about three different hangs at restaurants. I've gone to a couple different out, you know, parties in people's houses. Uh, I'm excited. But what's interesting, this is so, I don't know if you notice this with any of your friends, but I had some friends and, you know, they weren't doing anything wrong, but they were, as I call it, following the politics and not the science. Yes. So if California reopened for financial reasons and everyone was like, what the fuck? We have 17,000 cases a day. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I have friends who are like, it's open. Let's go uh, get a drink. I'm like, well, it's open, but the science does not support it. Mm -hmm. And so they'd be out and about. Again, they're not doing anything illegal or immoral, but I was like, I'll catch you guys after the vaccine. (laughs) And so now what's so funny is so my friend who, again, was one of these people that went out a lot. She had this little Memorial Day party the other day, and she said, "Uh, don't worry, we're keeping it small. And I said, you could have a thousand people because I'm vaccinated. As long as everyone's vaccinated, there's no risk, you know? Mm-hmm. And she said, well, 
the other people are are just concerned and we're going to keep it small and outside. The people that had been going out the whole time during the pandemic now, after being vaccinated, want to keep things small and outside. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, though, because there is a difference between those of us who were isolated the whole time and those yeah. of us who kind of went out, you know, maybe in some cases with masks, some cases distanced or whatever, or a combination of both. But they still kind of traveled a little bit and met with friends a little bit here or there, kind of taking some chances. And the big difference is they have kind of uh, never been deacclimated, so as to make reacclimating very, very easy for them. And for me, uh, having been isolated, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> I'm having a hard time now it. with that freedom. It's kind of like I've been institutionalized. I'm not quite ready for <laughs> restaurants or the gym. But I can confidently admit that I'm done with like brick and mortar retail. I mean, not because of COVID, but just because you, of the you convenience. You have been for of a it. long time. Yeah, I remember yeah. that about you. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> other than food and clothing, food and clothing, you have to go to the store to purchase yeah. that stuff. That's for sure. But now I'm fully acclimated to do online shopping because of this past year. My brain has now, you know, retimed itself to be able to uh, wait like a week in some cases for something to arrive rather than I want it now. I want it now. Oh. So I'm going to go get it now. And uh, that's no longer the case. I, I, the, the pandemic has made me more patient for online shopping deliveries. That so, is, look yeah. at you. Yeah. Hey, now, let, let me ask you. When you say you're having a hard time, is it because you don't feel like it because you just got so used to not having to do those things? Or are you a little nervous that just being around people, you might get COVID? Or is it more just like, ugh, I don't even want to see a lot of people just because people. <laughs> you know what? It's a little bit of all those things. Yeah. And then there's another dynamic insofar as I live with someone. So yeah. everything that I do could directly affect her. And so we have to kind of figure out the common ground of what's acceptable now that we're vaccinated, what's unacceptable, what we want to kind of ease into. So it's got to be, it's not just me going, all right, well now I'm ready to go back to the gym. It's more like, do you think it's time that I could go to the gym? I mean, will you feel safe if I go back to the gym or will you feel safe if I end up at a restaurant with my dad or something like that? And so we have to kind of discuss it and reach some kind of, common ground on all of that and fortunately enough we've reached common ground through most things i think kimberly's been a little more concerned about fomites and making sure all the groceries are cleaned off and and things like that where i've been a little more casual which means i'm not allowed to go grocery shopping because i can't be trusted to make sure all the groceries are clean coming in but that's all been dropped i mean now that we're fully vaccinated she's no longer cleaning cleaning the groceries but this is all to say that uh, it's more of a cooperative effort as far as reacclimating, but the, you know there is that little psychological thing in the back of my head going, yeah, that goddamn gym even before COVID was filthy. <laughs> Do I well, really? No, wanna- yeah, it's really funny. Like I am so against the hygiene theater with the wiping and the yeah. No, yeah. I'm for it for all other germs mm-hmm. like your staff infection. You know, like I don't want it on. You know, I take Pilates classes. We still have to wear masks, which is great, but. It, they're like wipe this down and people are doing this thing where they they bring a towel and lay it down over oh, the yeah. reformer machine i'm like that's not gonna do it's not COVID isn't spread through you laying down in your clothes on a reformer machine mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> but um so that stuff makes me absolutely mental but at the same time i feel so vindicated validated whatever the word is because mm-hmm. i would say i was a reasonable germ phobe before this yeah. and I am someone who obviously 
I'm not touring this year, but when I toured, I use my voice for a living. Mm -hmm. If I get sick, it is such a big deal. Like, I would usually lose my voice. I have asthma, so it would turn into a bronchial thing. Like, it wouldn't be, oh, you can just perform. I, it would have to be the show is canceled. And then it's not like you can just reschedule it for a week later. Then you've lost that venue for a year. Then you pay a fee to the venue. Then you lose that income, and there's no way to make it up. Mm -hmm. So... It was like, I cannot get sick. And yet my job involves flying around during cold and flu season, which is, I feel like, all the time now. And so I was always wearing masks on planes yeah. and wiping and this. And people were like, oh, are you a germ phobe? I'm like, no, I'm not like in a phobic um, you know, I'm not having a phobic attack. Yeah, it's not pathological. Not, it's something no, that's more I'm of a choice. Concerned. Yeah, concerned. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. I'm germ concerned because it will affect my job. It's mm -hmm. not like, but also the other thing of like, I also work in offices sometimes if I'm writing on a show and, you know, people come in sick because we're just conditioned, like can't miss work, got to come in with a cold. And yeah. now it's like, now to know that if someone is sick, like they can zoom in to the writer's room or whatever job you have, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yep. So I'm really glad that we're starting to take our health more seriously. And, and I mean, none of us are the president. We don't have to. I, I understand in different jobs where you don't show up, there's no overtime. I'm not talking about like, you, you know, I'm always worried about someone's going to go, Jen Kirkman, I can't leave my job. I'm a waitress. I know, no, no. <laughs> I'm already with the Twitter comments. <laughs> We'll come back to that. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, in yeah. general, I think it's I think it's great that we are starting to think about and like you said, like you're in a relationship with Kimberly, so you have a human in your house to take care of. But mm -hmm. I like sort of that in a community way, we're kind of taking care of each other by yeah, yeah. wiping and, and that, which I think is great. Yeah. In fact, that's a great way to put it. It's like, uh, you know, more societal in terms of the cooperative effort that you're trying to make. I mean, that's the whole point of all of these protocol that we've been following all of this time is to not just protect the people in our own household, but to protect the people in our own community and beyond. And that makes so much sense. Um, and selfishly, just because if they get sick, we get sick. I mean, I'm not like an amazing yes. person here who's like, I wipe for others. I mean, like, you know. <laughs> that's, that's right. But, that, that you know, that's always a, a consideration somewhere on the list and that makes it yeah. uh you know admirable uh, you know i've only casually noticed it and i don't really know what the hell's going on so please explain the clean pen thing i've only noticed <laughs> jen kirkman clean pen and i i've skimmed right past it i haven't really uh jumped into uh the clean pen thing so please to explain yes well i have a, a scandal i mean i think it's died down i think it was just yeah. going on yesterday tuesday uh the clean pen gate. Uh, well, first of all, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know when you go to the doctor's office or somewhere where you need to sign in that there's the clean pens and the dirty pens. Do you know about this? Uh, you know, I've never noticed that in person. I've only seen pictures of it, probably on your Twitter pictures feed. Of so, it. yeah, oh. photos, yeah, <laughs> photographs of the pens. I was like, do they have a clean pen magazine? <laughs> Right. I'm a, a longtime subscriber and uh, <laughs> only occasionally write into the letters section of the Clean Pen Digest. Yeah. Okay, so this goes back to like the beginning of the pandemic when yeah. we didn't know how the hell this stuff was spread. And I totally get it. But it was all part of the in the same vein of wipe down your groceries, leave them outside for 24 hours. Remember mm -hmm. that? And uh, so I had a couple doctor's appointments at the beginning of the pandemic because I actually thought I had COVID at one point. Hmm. Still don't know if I did. I don't think I did, but there was no testing. But anyway, so they did this thing where, you know, if you're at the doctor's office, there's just sort of a cup full of pens and you grab one, 
sign the document, put the pen back in the cup. Yeah. So now, right, you've spread your germs, these germs on the pen. So during the early days of COVID, any doctor's office I went to, and I guess this is true of other places where you might have to sign, you know, the receipt for something, but I noticed it mostly at doctor's offices. They had a cup on the, they had two cups and they would leave them out on the counter, which makes no sense. One said dirty pens, the other said clean. Mm-hmm. So you were to take the clean pen that's never been used, sign your name, and then plop it in the dirty pen cup or take it home. Now, this is such... Now, I don't think they throw them out at the end of the day. I think somebody probably has to sanitize them, which is probably so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> if they throw them out, that's even more wasteful. But bottom line is, I get it. It's March 2020. What's going on? Mm-hmm. It is... June 2021, there's a vaccine. We found out you cannot get it from a dirty pen. Anyway, so I went to the doctor's office yesterday because I'm sure you'll want to hear about this. I got a black eye. We'll discuss. Yes, I have a question yeah. about that too. Yes. <laughs> a question. So I go to the doctor <laughs> and I start to reach for the pen cup and they react like I'm about to put my hand in a bowl of scorpions. <gasps> <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's a dirty pen cup. And I'm in a mask. I'm vaccinated. I said, okay. And I said, I think I have a pen in my purse. And then they they handed me a clean pen. You know, they handed me a cup. Mm-hmm. And I used it. And then I signed my thing. And then I put it in the dirty pen cup. And they go, oh, you have to sign one more thing. So I went to grab it back out of the dirty pen cup. Like, no, I have to give you a whole new pen. I'm like, oh, mother of God. Okay. <laughs> but it was your pen. I mean, why would you have but to? It had, but it had touched the other dirty pens. Oh, God. Because I had put, I mean, Bob, this is so ridiculous. So, yeah. But I'm like, okay, so then I do that. But meanwhile, here's what I don't get. I took the elevator up and pressed buttons. Mm-hmm. You know, and I did hand sanitize because they have a big dispenser when you walk in. Right. But they had me hold a clipboard, which isn't <laughs> brand new every time. You know, somebody. Yeah, it's not a clean it. clipboard, right? It's just a right. random clipboard. So I'm touching a thousand other things <laughs> throughout this entire transaction. Yeah. Who cares the pen? I mean, we're both touching the paper. Right. You know? And so, and again, this is a doctor's office, okay? This isn't like, I don't know, a place where dumb people are who don't know anything about science. I mean, they're <laughs> setting the example. They know that I, we can't get it this way. Mm-hmm. They also, if they were concerned with spreading any kind of germs, you can also just, again, use hand sanitizer, Right. Um, right after you use the communal pen. Yeah. And at the very least, if you want to be, uh, so you could put a hand sanitizer right there. So anyway, I just tweeted, can we be done with the clean pen theater already? You know? <laughs> Good and luck. Then I, wrote, I, di- I didn't get vaccinated to be told that I still have to have a fear of pens. Right. <laughs> and of course, Twitter comes in with all their various points of view. You've got the person who is implying that I don't know anything about the working man. Well, actually, they don't like it either. <laughs> that, was, that was boss. a thing? Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. And I didn't say uh. where I was because I didn't want to say I was at the doctor's office because then people would be like, hope you're okay. You know, just mm. like there's so much overthinking that has to go into tweets now, you know. And yeah, then yeah. Uh, so I just said, uh, so this woman assumed I was at some corporation where this put upon woman at the front desk had to clean all the pens. And I, Jen Kirkman, out of touch comedian and didn't realize it and was complaining. <laughs> but really, the person who has it hard is the woman whose corporate overlord is making her use clean and dirty pens. And at uh. the end of the night, she has to sanitize them. I said, bitch, I'm at the doctor's office. <laughs> they know that it's not spread through pens. Mm-hmm. That 
this, this, there's no corporate overlord. They, they are allowed to, they make the rules. Right, right. <laughs> then someone else was like, well, I'm, well, she, then she keeps doubling down. Well, I was just saying though, it's annoying for them too. I go, where did I say in this tweet? It's not annoying for them. You're adding a thing in. Stay on topic. You know, I feel like your friend Tom Nichols. I always see his tweets. He's like, that's a great point. Not what I'm talking about. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, oh, go ahead. And so then other people are like, well, some people don't wipe their asses and I don't want to touch the same pen they did. I'm like, okay. (sighs) This is where personal responsibility comes in. I understand that some people don't wipe their ass and they might. (laughs) Or they do wipe their ass and don't wash their hands. And they might touch a pen before me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to touch a pen. I'm going to understand that my own natural um, germ-fighting you know, immune system on my skin will do its thing. I will not touch my face. I will wash my hands as soon as I can. If I can't wash them immediately, I will use hand sanitizer. I really don't need everyone weighing in. It's like, if you tweet something, everyone assumes everything you didn't say, you must not know about. So someone else, of course, then says, so then I mentioned hand sanitizer and you know what's coming. Someone tweets, actually, uh, the more you use hand sanitizer, the the less your body can fight germs. I know. (laughs) Yeah, Kimberly posted something on Facebook, just real quick. I'm going to jump in with this. She posted a picture of my uh, brother and sister-in-law's dog and said, this is my brother and sister-in-law's dog, Sienna, it is not my dog. And of course, there were comments that said, is that your dog? Your dog's awesome. What's your dog's name? <laughs> no, I mean, no, you're get ah, read, please. Oh, God. They can't. I told you my favorite thing, right? It's yeah. um, this happened. And by the way, that's the end of my story. So I posted it mm. and I just kept having to add on to the thread. Like, yes, I know. But <laughs> it's like, can we? Why does like? Why is everyone suddenly like they didn't wake up that morning and go? You know what I'm super pro about <laughs> doing the clean pen cup. <laughs> they didn't exactly know they felt right. that way until someone said they didn't like it, mm. and then they have to you know come in with their little identities. And so, but the assumption that you don't know, you know that I just when you can always tell where someone's at, where it's like they they want you to remember. Yeah. To think of the the people that work there, like I know, I'm thinking of them all the time. I'm nice on the phone, you know. I come mm-hmm. on time, like. But anyway, really yeah. quick, it just reminded me. There's a hotel in New York City. I follow them on Instagram, the Ludlow Hotel. It's super beautiful. Yeah. They t- they put on Instagram. It was a paragraph, but I guess that's too much to read these days. <laughs> and they had to close, obviously, because of COVID. And at some point last year, they reopened, and they mm-hmm. said we were so sad to have to close our doors for a while but today is the grand reopening with new social distancing standards you can come eat at the restaurant at 25% capacity stay in the rooms every single comment was no let us know when you open back up I'm so sorry to close I was like Jesus and somebody that worked there replied to every person yeah we're open that's what the post says we're open that's you know I mean (laughs) you know it really worries me like we're yeah. joking, but I know that we both are like, this is not a good sign. No, absolutely about- not. If you're only listening to the Tuesday and Thursday portions of the Bob Seska show on Apple Podcasts and so forth, you're only hearing the first hour. There's an extra 20 minutes of show after the end credits roll at the end of every Tuesday and Thursday show. 
And it's all happening right on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shatter Docket podcast at patreon.com slash Show or simply bobseskashow.com. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, and it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. We're not doing it right now. I'm on vacation, but when I get back, more Shadow Dockets on our Patreon page. The Shadow Dockets drop every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows, and they're only going to cost you $5 per month. That's a bargain at twice the price. And you're going to be supporting this fully independent podcast. Don't miss out. Again, that's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends. And we thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. The Bob Seska Show. I've been wanting to publicly compliment you. I've, I've said things to you personally, but publicly speaking, your Twitter policy of not suffering idiots in your mentions is immensely inspirational for me. So much of what happens on social media just grates <laughs> on my nerves. And you're like a hero. You're like this. And I'm not the only one. Other people. We talked to Andy Kindler a couple of weeks ago, and he was the same <laughs> way. It's like, oh, my God, I wish I could be like Jen Kirkman with my mentions because she's bald as hell. This is amazing what she's doing. She's not taking any bullshit from her mentions. Was there like a breaking point, uh, Jen, where you just <laughs> said, fuck it, I'm hammering all the stupid replies and I don't care what happens. Was there a moment when you decided to go down that road? I think the moment when I realized I don't make money on Twitter. Who the fuck cares if I insult these people? That's right. You know what I mean? It's incredible. It's like, you know, it's really kind of well, it's very, I mean, very look, Gen X of you, to be perfectly honest. It's like you're, you know, you're kind of, yeah. you got a swagger to you on Twitter and you don't often see that. So often on social media, we kind of pander to our followers yes. rather than. Bob, yeah. I love that you brought it into the generational thing. And this isn't a dig at millennials, but they did kind of invent the hustle culture mm -hmm. and the culture of in in um, interact with your fans and be nice to people online. And it, you know, and listen, I'm. I'll put it to you this way. There was a period of time where I was basically, you know, having a nervous breakdown on Twitter during the election and I was getting harassed. And and so I'm not talking about that kind of stuff where I'm like, you know, just spouting off, fuck you, and then deleting it. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, this is really, if I see a comment where, like the woman who was saying, I'm not thinking about the worker that has to clean the pens. <laughs> when I see someone, is impugning the right word, impugning my... I don't know, personality or accusing me of being someone I'm not, I go, no, you know, and I do it because I do it for all of us, Bob. I do it because I know everybody <laughs> suffers this on Twitter. Yeah. And 
Um, I remember one time some, someone said to me, you got the time and the spoons. And I go, I'm old. I don't know what that means. <laughs> and they said, well, you've got the emotional um, capacity. You know, I'm not upset when I'm doing this. And I think mm-hmm. that's the key. Yeah. Like if I'm honestly just a little bit like, what is wrong with people? If I'm in that mode and I'm sitting on the couch watching TV and someone tweets, when did you ever think about the people who clean the pens? I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm totally using this moment to quote tweet them. And I don't care if people think that's bullying. You tweeted it. I'm bringing, you know what I mean? Like, and, and again, sometimes people go, Oh my God, your fans are bullying me. I'll delete it. But, but I will, I will just, I, the key is not to be mean and, you know, say fuck yourself or anything like that. It's not to bully them, but it's to use someone's misperception of you or to someone who took the tweet the wrong way Mm -hmm. and educate them and be like, yeah, um, you're not staying. I'm trying to train people. Stay on point. Stop assuming the worst of everyone. What's with the bad faith arguments? Like, I feel like I'm single handedly trying to uh, at least get some control of the Twitter culture back. And yeah. I'm, I'm not really sitting around like thinking about it. But it's I think the key is don't be mean. And like you said, it's so Gen X. The day that I realized, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've been told that I have to tweet this many times a day and interact with fans. No, I don't. No, yeah. I don't. Right. Who's buying? How, show of hands, how many of you are buying my work? I know not many because I have 262,000 followers. I've not sold 262,000 books. So, right. <laughs> you know, it's like you're getting free stuff from me all day. You think you can say what you want and I can say what I want. And mm-hmm. it's just like, whatever. This doesn't fucking matter anyway. You know, it's just <laughs> as long as there's a good natured kind of uh, ribbing behind it, mm-hmm. I think it's okay to do. It's, it's, yeah. it's different than, you know, telling someone it's not Chrissy Teigen going kill yourself well you got and also you got to pick your battles I mean if I went after everyone that irritated me on Twitter I would do nothing but that thing I would I would just be the scold yes. always scolding people in my replies but so it, consequently it's about picking and choosing those things but and let's, sometimes you have to know oh sorry mm-hmm. I don't mean to interrupt but no, really quick I had a really good interaction the other day I told a joke about something and I do think there's a certain level of god I hate to say the word sophistication because I don't that's a little bit extreme, but I just think that like sometimes younger people that weren't brought up with a certain sense of sarcasm yeah. and I don't mean there should be a sarcasm font. I don't mean that. I just mean sometimes people don't know if you're kidding and I get it. You know, honestly, I realized I was being a hypocrite because I would say, well, Twitter's not where I go to do my act, you yeah. know, and it's not my act. It's mm-hmm. a different form of comedy. So if people don't get what I'm saying and writing on Twitter, then okay. You yeah. know, like, yeah. So somebody wrote, I don't know if you're kidding. Um, and that could, but I don't, they said, well, yeah, I don't really agree or I don't really like this. It's kind of whatever word they said. Um, but if you're kidding, that's great. I just can't tell I'm autistic. It could be me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and I wrote back and I said, oh, thanks for telling me you're autistic. Because if you hadn't, and you were just like, this is blah, I would have gone off on you. Maybe, you know? <laughs> And and I have to realize, like, there's different reasons people aren't getting things. And I'm not saying everyone who's autistic doesn't mm-hmm. get certain jokes. Of course, I mean, I have a ton of friends who are on the spectrum, autistic Asperger's. Like, I'm really, really familiar with, I knew exactly what that person was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was a he. And he said to me, um, I said, oh, well, yes. And I'm going to, and then I thought this might be fun. I'm going to explain the joke, not in a mansplaining way, but I just said, so this was the the thought I had. And then I exaggerated it here. And then I went to the crazy place here. And that was the joke. And he Mm -hmm. went, oh, I get it now. Cool. He goes, yes, sorry. It's just sometimes my brain works that way. And I was like, you know what? That's really cool. I never thought about that. But the way it was, it was, he was the hero of the story because he said, I'm feeling this way about your joke. It might be me. And here's what 
-hmm. you know, and mostly people don't do that. They don't go, they don't stop to think, you know, I'm having a bad day. I don't need to go off on this comedian who's joking and make it about me, you know, but they do. And then I forget that there's humans behind the keyboard as well. So like you said, you have to pick and choose and you have to be like, is this a person who's having a moment where they're being annoying? And it's, it's something that, or is this, this person they do, Mm -hmm. they come to do this stuff. Those people you can fuck with, you know, but you got to kind of, it's hard to know. So anyway, go on. Yeah. Well, the thing that pisses me off most about those kind of replies, not necessarily the guy you were just talking about, but the really irritating uh, Twitter replies is there's quite a bit of groupthink on Twitter, Jan. I'm sure you've noticed. <laughs> you've noticed all yeah. the groupthink where there there's a meme and everyone's got to weigh in on the meme, like uh, with apologies to whatever you've referenced in your tweet. So something like that always comes up. But one of my big pet peeves recently, and then I say pet peeves, I don't know why I put it that way because it's much more irritating than just a pet peeve. <laughs> This whole thing about depriving Trump of liberal attention and how that's somehow going to make him vanish, defeated, uh, make him go away as if his popularity is somehow incumbent upon our attention, which it's not. Uh, But, you know, like last week you tweeted this and I thought this was great. You said Trump refused to call coronavirus COVID-19 by its real name. He called it the China virus and said it would go away. Reasonable people from all parties fought this. And now some of those people think calling him the former guy will make him go away. Do you hear yourselves? And that was just standing ovation. Thank from you. Me. That Absolutely. is good. I am good. I must have my coffee. That, that morning. <laughs> well, I mean, what are the former guy people getting wrong? This nonsense about calling him the former guy and and how, and, and you know, don't give him any air or else he's going to be, you know, empowered again. It's like, hey, guess what, Bob? Guess what, guys doing that? Yeah. The time to not give him any air was when he was running for president in That's 20 right. fucking 15. Mm-hmm. You know, you put the camera on a tarmac and waited for his plane to land while Hillary was laying out policy in her speech. Yeah. So, so I get the concept of depriving someone of air. He, ha- This isn't that. And by the way, he's the king of insults. I mean, I hate to give him any credit, but, mm-hmm. you know, little Marco, uh, you know, um, Sleepy Joe, uh, low energy Bush, you know, he, these people, like when I hear their names, I can also hear his nickname for them, you know, Mm -hmm. and we are not as good at at that stuff. And so when, in other words, if he hears that someone is calling him the former guy, Mm -hmm. he's not going to go, oh, I'm I'm so humiliated. I lost the election. (laughs) He's going to go, oh my God, they care so much about depriving me of air because they know how powerful I am Mm -hmm. that they're calling me the former guy and trying to do this game that they actually suck at. Like, I think it makes these people look worse. And I think it pleases him. And, you know, know, it's also difficult, I think, to put Donald Trump on the couch and try to get into his head. It's just a, you know, it's a cornucopia of darkness, devils and awfulness, just shit monsters (laughs) and crazy (laughs) fantasies and and just general bullshit floating around in his noggin. And And there's no figuring it out. So the best we can do is to go by just the straight up politics of it. And to me, it comes down to just three words. Know your enemy. I mean, you can't defeat something that you refuse to acknowledge exists. I mean, I sometimes like yeah. to reverse it and ask if the Republicans stop paying attention to Pelosi, AOC, Joe Biden, et cetera, et cetera, would that help or hurt our efforts 
And the answer is, of course it would help us. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be liberating if the Republicans yeah. just were like, well, we're not going to pay attention to those Democrats because we don't want to give them any air. We'd be like, yeah, finally. Thank you. Yeah. We can get something done now. Right. That's such a that is a brilliant way to turn it and just show people. Yeah. Then we'd get to do whatever we want, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, without any opposition. And that's the thing, you know, with Trump, it's and I'm still frustrated at people going. Oh, he's going to go to jail and this will end. No, you fools. Trump was never a gun guy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so he has taken Trumpism and now it's become kind of QAnon and Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's the big, you know, the, the cult is it's let me put it this way. And I'm sorry to bring this up. But when there was sort of a cult of personality around Bernie, mm-hmm. I remember knowing, and it's just because I'm a geek and I love psychology and I that's like what I do in my spare time is read anything about stuff like this. And I knew that this group had already become a cohesive group and, and maybe they were inspired by Bernie to get into politics, but the hardcore progressives that said, you know, we don't negotiate and if you do, you want people to die and don't have health care. I knew that if Bernie endorsed Hillary, mm-hmm. they would turn on him yeah. because they don't need the leader anymore at a certain point. And so we're at that point and they did turn on him and a lot of them didn't vote. And a lot of them now think Bernie's some corporate whatever. And so with the Trump people, it's when he goes to jail, this doesn't end that yeah. the movement is already so much bigger than him, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and at the same time, he is very important because he's still, the front runner for 2024. Everyone is afraid of his base. Uh, and, and that's, I think, another thing people have to realize. They're not afraid of Trump. They're afraid of his base. They yeah. want his voters because exactly. that's what the GOP is. So this notion that Trump is, uh, yeah, any it, he can't be silenced. It doesn't matter if he is anyway because the thing is living and breathing without him. It grew mm-hmm. its own head. So I don't know why. Well, it's, it's the We've same as Q. His name. Yeah, Q, Q yeah. is the same way because it's been pretty much verified that Ron and Jim Watkins uh, together are Q. Those are the yeah. guys who are posting on, they run 8chan, so it makes perfect sense that they're using this Q persona to raise publicity for their little website, their discussion forums. And while we know this, and this is verified, and let's say, for example, all of the Q adherents also know it. They don't care. They don't care that it's fake. And and if they don't know now, they'll eventually figure it out that it's not real. But it doesn't matter. It's about the movement. Yeah. And it gives them a purpose and a community. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's hard to it's like saying to someone, quit smoking and get really into vegetables. It's like, but (laughs) that doesn't I can't see what the reward is like. Right. You can't really change their behavior because they're getting a like a psychological reward from being part of this group you know mm-hmm. it's the dopamine hits it's the feeling of belonging they could replace it with something else like actually getting involved with fighting things that really are going on you know yeah, yeah. working towards fixing climate change or the actual pedophiles in office but they don't see it that way yet they, they it's like saying to someone we're going to take away your fun feelings you know <laughs> so i i think it's just such and and again like you i think i heard you say this on your show you can't fight Trumpism without saying Trump. I mean, right. it's it's not just about him. I, I mean, I think there's something about, listen, if he decides to hold a press conference at his golf club in mm-hmm. Bedminster, um, I would say let's deprive him of that oxygen and not air it for an hour on CNN. Of course, yeah, that's different 
than calling him the former guy. You are not a- affecting any change that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just childish. Yeah, and there's a big difference between just uncritically posting his stuff and posting it with debunking or mockery or some form of thing to say that this is not good. Whatever this is that he's saying is is horrible, and this is why it's horrible. I think that makes sense to do that. But, yeah. you know, you don't want to uh, just randomly amplify what he has to say. And that actually brings us to what Maggie Haberman tweeted yesterday, uh, where mm-hmm. she was immediately attacked for amplifying Trump simply by reporting that he's been telling people that he is somehow going to be reinstated in August, which he's not going to be reinstated in August. I mean, what they would have to do, and I still believe that there might be something, and uh, putting two and two together, it doesn't take a lot of math to figure out that uh, there might actually be another insurrection that takes place in August, or an attempted one. Absolutely. Yeah, and but in this case, if they want to do like a Myanmar-style coup, yeah. Or is it Myanmar? I don't know. I've been saying Myanmar you know, I, and I'm getting corrected. I don't corrected. know either. And I say Myanmar, but that means nothing. Yeah, I think it's, that you know what? Nothing. I think you're right. I think it's Myanmar. But Remember um, the day we found out that other country was pronounced something that oh, I never Kiev. remember what it is. Yeah, it was, it was, we used to always say Kiev, Ukraine. Kiev, yeah, and then Kiev. suddenly it was Kiev. And we, and so so it's, yeah. it's probably not Myanmar, but go right, on. Right, right. Well, uh, with the Myanmar coup or the Myanmar coup as being a template, what they would have to do in order to be successful is the uh, Red Hats and Q adherents and both of those forces combined will have had to have infiltrated the military. And I'm talking yeah. about the higher ups in the military with access to the White House in order to potentially depose Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I mean, the question yeah. is, I mean, and the serious question is, do they actually have that kind of support? Uh, I mean, have they infiltrated the military to the point where they can gain access to the president of the United States with his unprecedented security, his unprecedented fortress uh, at mm-hmm. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Is that even possible to get to that well, point? You know, because I mean, the Myanmar yeah. thing was all about a military coup against the democratically elected leader of that country. And if yeah. they want to duplicate it, this is what they're going to have to do. But here's the thing. And I know to some people that aren't as up on things as, you and I may be, because that's how we like to spend our time. And and also thinking about, again, like I said, like the psychological aspect of this, but also the people that are currently serving in the House and Senate who mm-hmm. were culpable in January 6th. I mean, there's someone, I, God, I sound like I'm in QAnon, but there's, is there someone besides the senators and Congress people on the inside who would you know, help the, I don't know. And that, yeah, I think yeah. that's a legit question that if I were in the FBI or I would be investigating every single um, military person that, I, I don't even know if that's something they are allowed to do, but I, you know, I, I'm a, this is way above my pay grade here, but you got to think about the people that are paid to protect Joe Biden mm-hmm. and all of the buildings and all of the people. Is anyone in there shady? Yeah. I mean, well, we know, I don't know there's something with the Secret Service that we read recently, I think, where there were some Trump loyalists within the Secret Service. And that gave me pause. I mean, that made me nervous right away. It's, thinking, it's definitely. Yeah. You got to You know, you sound crazy when you say it. Not you, but it's a it's what we're doing now is the opposite of a failure of imagination. We've mm-hmm. got to think this way, you yeah. know, and again, we can't do anything about it. But I'm hoping the people that can. I've got to assume, I mean, because, you know, the FBI did know that the insurrection was going to happen, but I just don't think anyone was really able to deploy 
I, I don't know. I There is something that's going to happen. And, you know, the Maggie thing, here's the thing. I'm not a fan of hers. I do think she's one of those access journalists. I, I wish she had sort of inserted her opinion mm-hmm. in the sense that, hey, this isn't just Trump saying dumb, silly things. This is actually, you know, for further reporting on... QAnon and Mike Flynn, like this is, you know, let's, this is serious. Um, however, I also know that she is one of those, and I hate this, but old school journalists who hasn't adapted to, yeah, you know, having to explain things. And so just goes, I'm just reporting the facts. And it's like, she didn't do anything wrong, but it's not the world we live in right now. Exactly. Yeah. She's still too much in that mode where this is fine. This is normal. And this is just a, oh, he just happened to be a president who's a little bit eccentric. And here we are. No, yeah. no, it's very, very different than that. The times have changed significantly. But uh, here's a crazy theory for you. And in fact, I haven't mentioned this publicly at all because it Ooh, is that crazy. Wait. But this is something that popped into my head. And I do want to emphasize that this is just a theory. I've got no evidence along these lines. But Is the current Red Hat movement, the movement aiming to overthrow this current government, are they getting material assistance in any way from Russia? They certainly have Russia's support. I mean, Lavrov has already come out publicly, and I think Putin did too, come out publicly in support of the insurrectionists. I think Lavrov called the arrest of these insurrectionists as being a human rights violation, which is hilarious coming coming from Russia. But it got me thinking, are they providing some sort of material support to the people who are maybe planning some of these things? And could they even get away with something like that, given the amount of sunlight that's on the Boogaloo Boys and the Proud Boys and all these groups right now with the FBI breathing down their necks? I mean, could Russia even get away with something like that? Mm, I don't know if they could get away with it, but they, I think they could absolutely be doing it and get away with it until they stop getting away with it, right? And and what do you mean by material? Do you mean sending them money or even maybe somehow smuggling weapons? Is that M- yeah, fun? money, training, uh, some sort of, even if it's PR support in some way, I mean, certainly they can be amplified online on social media and so on, and we that's absolutely happening. But I'm talking about uh, more tangible uh, support, yeah. like uh, arms, uh, like weaponry, uh, some sort of uh, uh, military training, things that, you know, maybe the Russia knows through its intelligence services that the common person, the common member of the Boogaloo Boys might not be aware of. I mean, something like that. And and this sounds super duper out in left field, but look, stranger things have happened. You know what I mean? I mean, there are adversary and this is how we do war now, you know? And so I, I think I would absolutely say I could see that happening. My now, if I had to argue against it, my only reason would be not because that's crazy, but because they seem lazy is not the right word, but Russia, I think, can be content to sit back and watch us destroy ourselves and then go to social media and amplify it. And and they don't have to do as much. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, Like all those reports coming out that they weren't as involved with trying to interrupt the 2020 election because we were doing a fine job of it on our own with trying to, um, you know, send disinformation. And so in in terms of, you know, you know what I'm saying about the 2020 election? Like yeah. Trump was already disrupting the post office, which was hurting mail in ballots and yep. voter suppression and people believing <clears throat> memes online and deciding not to vote. And Joe Biden's a rapist who has dementia. I mean, we did a great job on our own. So I don't know. But again, this is not a crazy question. Like uh, we need these kind of questions being asked at the highest levels. I must assume they are. I've got to assume mm-hmm. somebody up there is 
saying, you know, these things behind closed doors. If yeah. it's just you, we are fucked. <laughs> I know. I We really, really are. <laughs> Holy shit. Well, you know, just to uh, change the subject a little bit here, uh, this morning on her show, Stephanie Miller told me about a video of you doing a hilarious pratfall into a swimming pool. I guess that explains the <laughs> black eye. W- what the hell happened, Jen Kirkman? Uh, I sent the video to Stephanie because... Um, <laughs> We're going to get together with some people this weekend. And I was like, yeah. just a warning. I have a black eye. I don't, I might be wearing sunglasses <laughs> indoors. Okay. So getting a black eye is, there's such a taboo to it, right? Mm-hmm. It's so humiliating. It either seems like you're an out of control drunk or being abused somehow. Not that there's anything shameful about being abused, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you, it's cause for concern. Basically, and I swear to God, this is the classic thing that someone who's being abused and is a drunk says, but I am very klutzy. I am the person with bruises all over my legs and people go, what were you doing? I go, I smacked into my bed, making my bed this morning. <laughs> you know, even though I've know where the bed is, it's been there for eight years. I, I get up, I bang into the desk. I am just, I will be in my kitchen. I'll just drop something. It just falls out of my hands. Like suddenly my hand <laughs> forgot how to hold something. I'm just very klutzy. Yeah, me so, too. Yeah. I should have known better, but I was, I went to a Memorial Day gathering. My friend has a pool and seriously, it was the most innocent thing <laughs> happening. My friend and I were doing an interpretive dance. For some reason, we were standing inches from the pool with our backs to the pool. We, mm-hmm. we could have done it anywhere else <laughs> in her, in her patio. <laughs> and her husband was filming it. Now, luckily, my friend is married to a pro football player. He used to be on the Seattle Seahawks. Now he plays in uh, Canada. So he's the guy you want when you bust your face and get a black eye. So he was there filming us and we're doing this dumb interpretive dance. And at one point I get this brilliant idea that, you know, you put uh, outdoor umbrellas, you know, those big things. Mm -hmm. They had taken the umbrellas out of the stands because the sun had gone down and there was just an umbrella stand there. And I was putting my leg up on it like like it was a ballet bar, you know, and we were. We were just kind of uh, doing this kind of like ballet move and I was on one foot and I slipped because I wasn't steady and the the ground was wet. And again, sure, I had a couple margaritas at the party, but like I was, you you know what I mean? It was the end of the night where we were just (laughs) drinking water, going to get a pizza and I was going to just like drive home in an hour. You know, it wasn't a shit faced kind of thing. I slip and fall backwards into the pool. Thank God I just fell clean into the water. It's not like I hit my head or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, that dumb umbrella stand, instead of just (laughs) tipping over, it went airborne and like followed me (laughs) and it conked me on my left eyebrow. Oh, and it was, it was light enough that it didn't cause any damage. Yeah. But it was heavy enough that it caused a little damage. So thank God it wasn't, you know, it was, a, a, again, it went airborne very light. And mm-hmm. It tipped over. If it was truly heavy, it would never have tipped over. So my friends are dying and it's caught on tape and it looks so <laughs> stupid. Because when we're doing our interpretive dance, we're very confident. You know, it's yeah. like very serious. Yeah, and then you, you totally own it. That's for sure. <laughs> so then they're like, oh my God. And they can't stop laughing. And I'm going, please laugh. As a comedian, I understand. <laughs> This is very funny, but I am in a massive amount of pain, but I get it. You can't stop laughing. Two things are happening. And I was like, (laughs) so then John, the football player was like, okay, I'm going to look in your eyes, make sure you don't have a concussion. And they got frozen peas and they put it 
uh, on my eyebrow. And again, it was just a little sore, but it was fine. I didn't have a mm-hmm. headache. I didn't. But they said, you know, you should sleep over just in case you have a concussion and mm-hmm. you wake up in the middle of the night and feel weird. So I stayed in their guest room and I honestly thought maybe I'll have a little goose egg the next morning. But it was it was nothing like. Mm-hmm. But because I I guess you're not supposed to lay down. It's I don't know, whatever. I laid down, went to sleep and woke up and it like Mike Tyson in a fight. My eye was swollen, completely red. I've never seen anything like it. I was freaked out. I couldn't even open my eye. And I was like, hey, guys. And they were like, oh, my God. They were freaked out. And so I just made a quick appointment with my doctor. They're like, yep, it's a black eye. It's it's they did all the tests, you know, to make sure everything was fine, like with their follow my finger and Mm -hmm. what's your name and all that. And it was fine. He was like, it just looks scarier than it is, because for some reason, sometimes when we get conked on the head, our blood drains. Yeah. Um, and start. So he's like, you're going to have a black eye. It's going to keep going through phases last two weeks. And so, uh, I said, just so you know that I'm not in a, an abusive relationship, I have a video and I showed the doctor the video. <laughs> I go, I, this is what happened. <laughs> and like, there's no alcohol anywhere in the video. And I was like, so it's not a drug. Like it was per. I was so glad that it was on video. Um, <laughs> and then my doctor did this weird thing. He winked at me and he goes, I think it looks kind of cool. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's Um, awesome. Yeah. The only thing that would have made it even cooler if you had somehow been tangled up in Venetian blinds somehow (laughs) as you were falling. (laughs) I mean, mean? and then then I got scared the next day. I was like, oh, my God. Life is so fragile. You know, you think I would have learned that during the pandemic. But it just dawned on me now. I'm like, I could have hit my head. You know, yeah. this is something like I'm not telling my mom because she'll get way too worried. So weirdly going back to that's tweeting about the pens. That's why I didn't put uh, I was at the doctor today because I didn't want my mom to read my Twitter. And yeah. then go, why are you at the doctor? So I'm trying to keep this a secret. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she'll listen to this because I just don't want her to worry. Like everything's fine. My head's fine. But it's just, it's a big deal to have a black eye. Like I have to go, I bought an eye patch and because uh, I have a a, a class I'm going to take later, a Pilates class. And I think mm-hmm. I'm going to wear an eye patch. Just, oh, wow. And I'm going to say, oh, I have an eye infection. I yeah. just don't want to have a black eye. It's like, t- you know, it <laughs> yeah, just right, looks, right. it just looks like your life's a mess, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not afraid to admit that a couple of weeks ago, I got a horrendous zit on my face. I'm, I'm the, one of those lucky guys who still gets zits when he's approaching 50. And, oh, yeah, uh, me too. Wrinkles and zits. Bring them on Yeah, ex- exactly fucking right. And this one got just monstrous and out of control. It was just hideous. And so, you know, what I do is I just sequester myself inside. And thank God for masks still at the time. Uh, yes. This is before I was fully vaccinated. So I was able to get away with it. But if I hadn't been able to get away with it, if there were no masks, it would have looked like I was on meth or something like that. That's what I always think about. Like, no one gives a shit, of course. You know, I could have gone to the grocery store. No one would have cared. But I'm thinking, everyone's going, oh, look at that guy. He must be on meth. <laughs> he must be No, all, totally. Yeah. You're like, it's not herpes. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not contagious. I just <laughs> have a dull acne for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you mentioned your mom. How are your parents doing? How are your folks doing in all this? I mean, they are just back back out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're at their casino every weekend. They're doing well. Uh, I hung out with them. My mom turned 83. You'd never know it. They are just, I mean, uh, we're making plans. They're they're coming to LA in October and oh, that's great. going to drive to Palm Springs and then they're flying to Vegas. I mean, it's a lot. And like, they exhaust me. They're always just running around. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're just, they're just doing great. 
your interactions with them on video are just <laughs> unbelievably great. And I have to say this, a reality show with you living in your parents' house in Boston would be immensely entertaining. I saw the I video mean, of you talking about that with your mom. And she's yeah. like, yes, we're going to kill each other if that happens. And that's Yeah, I go, because I, I was like, it was kind of fun. You know, usually at the holidays, I'll stay in a hotel because I need my quiet time. And, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and there was something like you were saying earlier about thinking about, you know, you live with Kimberly and, you know, is it cool to go to the gym? Let's decide. And I said, mm -hmm. if I'm going to go stay with my family, we all go stay at my sister's house because she's a big house in the country. I thought it's not really cool if I just peace out and go to a hotel every night <laughs> and possibly bring back COVID. Like just in case, like I'll just mm -hmm. stay there. It's just that she doesn't have enough bedrooms for all of us, but she made me like this makeshift bedroom in her little office. And it was actually so delightful and cute. And I was like, I kind of want to stay here. I don't know what was wrong with me. But uh, my mom, I said to my mom, what if we all moved in mm -hmm. together and got a reality show? I'm always trying to think, like, how can we get paid? Um, and yeah, and I go, we can call it later in life. My mom goes, we call it who kills who first. That's so great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was like, you know, sh she's really funny. And yeah, so I've made a whole video, um, you know, little clips, little moments of being with my family. And, and it's it's available to my I'm not trying to pitch my Patreon. It's available to my Patreon subscribers, but I would make little clips because, you know, we talk about alien. Everyone in my family has seen a UFO except for me. My dad claims he was abducted. I mean, they're mm -hmm. dead serious. You yeah. know, we're all into ghosts. And so I, I've cut up a bunch of clips and I've been putting them on the Internet. I'm just like, this is what it's like to hang out with my family. It just ghosts, aliens, everyone talks at once. Like I could never get a clean video. And we all talk at once and we all understand each other. And that's it. That's so great. Uh, what do you think? Are these, uh, you, what are they, uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon? Are, are these UFO, are these space aliens or are they some other technology that, you know, someone's testing somewhere and we don't know exactly what it is or what, what the hell's going on, Jen? I have no idea. I have no okay, well, sense I've of what this is. I've gone back and forth on this my whole life. Now, obviously it would be fun to believe and blah, blah, blah. However, at one point I went, wait, there can't be aliens because they're millions of miles away. So yeah. how would they get here without like, no, it just literally can't happen. And then I don't know if you noticed the past few years when the media was really busy with other things and Twitter, there would be these little stories that would come out in the New York times that weren't about aliens, but or UFOs, but they were about bizarre discoveries in science that sort of God, I, I don't even, I'm not even smart enough to articulate it. I read the articles very slowly. It took nine hours. I'm like, I think I get it. But there'd be these articles like, there's more to string theory than we think. Black holes could be wormholes. Like, this is New York Times. This is not, yeah. you know. I feel like with everyone talking about they don't know what these things are, I go, well, maybe it is possible that there's some time travel wormhole involved. Or what if aliens, yeah. this is my theory are from under the ocean and it's not even a space thing. I don't know. Listen, I don't know. That's so, a that's a really interesting possibility. You know, in fact, David Ferguson brought that up on my show Thursday. And of course, Jody and I made fun of him and said, oh, you're talking about Aquaman, right? The plot to the Aquaman movie with Jason Momoa. And uh, and, and we didn't well, really even take it seriously. Aquaman, but yeah. So I, sw I swear I, I, I'm not uh, stealing. But, you know, because <laughs> a lot of these things can go in the water and they mm. are often seen hovering over bodies of water. So listen, I don't know, but I think it's so fun and fascinating to think about it. And I also think it's really smart. Like I watched that 60 minute special about it. Mm -hmm. And I think the guy that really wants to talk about this, I forget his name, but he used to be high up in the he's the guy that knows he has all the information, yeah, you know, yeah. and of course, he doesn't know if there's aliens, but 
he said, you know, it's something. And I just don't think it's Russia or China because the, these things kind of defy things that humans might know about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think Russia or China would love us to think it's them. It's another way of saying I think it's patriotic to think it's aliens because, you know, maybe they want us to go, oh, yeah, it's it's them. And they're so far ahead of us technologically. Like you would think the United States government would want there to be aliens, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but the thing is, my two points about it are, I know that they are nervous that there's something in our airspace that they can't comprehend and we can't fight back against it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to hold that against the government if uh, if they haven't figured out how to protect us from aliens. Like, yeah. that's a big ask. You know, like, I'm, I'm not mad. But, but I also think, too, like, it's important to talk about because there is something there that we don't know what it is and, and our... Navy pilots, they're scared and they're not, you know, this one woman said I wasn't armed when I was up there. You know, we can't shoot them down. And so it was, it's weird. Mm -hmm. We got to know what it is. We got to talk about it and stop, remove the stigma. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be some sort of wormhole technology, some sort of space warp technology, because even if they're traveling at light speed, I mean, the next nearest star system, it would take them, I don't know how close the the next nearest star system is, uh, Alpha Centauri, I guess it is. Just traveling at light speed, it would take like a thousand years to get here. You know, something ridiculous. Even the closest ones. Yeah. That's the thing that keeps bringing me back to going, that that's how I just can't comprehend it. Now, can I comprehend that there's other life in the universe? Yeah, of course. But I'm, I'm saying, have they come here? I don't, I don't see how, um, unless it is some kind of weird sciencey thing that, that, that I don't even have the language for, but at the same time, uh, it's fun to think about. And, you know, there's maybe they're not even in the the vehicles. Maybe Mm. it's remote. It still doesn't make any sense. Uh, So, you know, like Like we're sending them to Mars. Yeah. Like that could be it too. Yeah. I mean, what my other question, though, is when we think of aliens, I think we think of this one group. Yeah. Like, are there different aliens from different planets that don't know each other and they're all competing and and watching <laughs> us? You know, it's not like, oh, there was a UFO in uh, New Mexico. Oh, and then there was another one in, you know, off the coast of Florida. Well, is it the same species? Are they from the same planet? You know, yeah. so I that's what I wonder, too. How many of these life forms are out there and how many Mm. different technologies and do they know each other and do they go oh my god they're gonna beat us right now they're having like their own space race they're gonna be the first to land on Earth. i don't know i think it's listen i just hope if there are aliens if i don't see it in my lifetime i'm gonna be pissed because i'm like really (laughs) close you know right right but i keep thinking too we can barely digest the information we read on facebook much less the concept (laughs) of space aliens visiting earth now (laughs) And the ramifications of what that would mean. I mean, for religion alone, it would be nightmarish. And I can't even imagine every red hat hillbilly from coast to coast shooting their AR-15s into the sky at uh, alien space. Oh, God, I didn't even think of that. Well, yeah. You know, it's interesting, the religion question, because mm-hmm. I just go, well, I don't mean in, in a pejorative way, like religion's made up, but religion is so mystical and magical yeah. that why couldn't you just say, if I'm the Pope, I go, Oh yeah, aliens are part of God's plan. Like who can you know what I mean? Like it right. doesn't mean re- I, I don't get why religion has to be, well I guess that wasn't true. Like why isn't it all part I don't know. What's Yeah. Am I well, missing something here? Like I always hear that it's like, oh, that'll destroy the concept of religion. I'm like, I think it would actually enhance it in a weird way. God, and I'm I'm getting into territory that uh, I'm barely remembering from my Catholic school upbringing, but there's something in the Bible about how humans have been granted domain over the natural world 
and this is from providence oh. god has given humans domain over the land the sea the animals and so and so on and so oh, okay. if you add aliens into the mix how, yeah. And they're the same as us in some way, at least in terms of intelligence, or they're beyond us. Then yeah. suddenly we become the animals, and the aliens are the dominant species, and and so it just scrambles everything. And then it would just—I yeah. mean, heads would explode. I think all well, over this the place. Is, this is Pope Jen, <laughs> Jen Paul the Third. I would say everybody—they're also humans, just a different yeah. form. Yeah, God made them too. Like chill. Yeah. It's, it's, everything's still true. <laughs> And people exactly. go, oh, okay. I mean, it's, you know, come yeah, on. Yeah. If they believe everything else, like, I remember, uh, like, 10 years ago, the Pope declared there's no more purgatory. Mm -hmm. Like, this concept of a middle ground that isn't heaven or hell that you go to before going to heaven. Yeah. Uh, he just, they they used to say unbaptized babies would go to purgatory. He's right. like, it doesn't exist. So if you can just say that. Yeah. And my mother was like, did you hear <laughs> the good news? Purgatory's not real. I go, well, who says? I mean, I don't believe in it, but I'm just saying, like, if you believed in it, just the Pope says it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not like God came down and said it, and she goes, he said it's not real, so isn't that wonderful for all those people that are in there? And, and oh, that's great. And I go, well, so you could just say anything to people, and I think they'll be like, oh, yes. good, all right, that's mm -hmm. fine. Unless they, unless if humans are made by God, then maybe people would see aliens as the devil, and that's where mm -hmm. things could get real funky, like with you said, people thinking that this is, you know, They've got to shoot them down because it's the devil. Whenever it comes up where the Pope just declares something to no longer exist, I always think of that <laughs> Father Guido Sarducci bit where he was talking about, I forget who was made a saint. And she yes. you're supposed to have three miracles, but this particular saint only had two miracles. And he was, he was outraged because the Pope just waved the third miracle. He just waved it. And I, <laughs> it's just one of the funniest Father this. Guido Sarducci bits. Oh that my I've ever God. Seen. Now I want to go into a rabbit hole of Father Guido Sarducci <laughs> yes. on YouTube. I'm going to do that today. Maybe you can go find the popes and the pizza. That's another famous uh, Father Guido Sarducci bit. One of my all-time favorites. Find the popes and the pizza. Classic. Okay. Uh, the, uh, the podcast is called No Fun with Jen Kirkman. Get it everywhere. Get your podcast. And don't forget the bonus content on her Patreon page, patreon.com slash Jen Kirkman. I got links in the description for all that crap. Thank you so much. Uh, we went oh. extra long today. You are the best. Thank you for uh, popping into the show today. This was a joy. I mean, I am... You know, I'm happy to get back out and have a cocktail, but I'm nervous about America, and yeah. uh, I'm glad you're asking the right questions. Maybe someone should hire you. I don't know, but thank you for <laughs> keeping me sane, and I love your show, and thank you. Oh, thank you so much. You're the best. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again, I'll Jen. talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. This world is not my empire. Your silence is a line of tone. Cause rain turns soil to sludge, a tears turn angry skies to red. Oh.